when we had her in the apartment, um, we obviously were taking her out of the apartment often so she could roam and go to the restroom and whatnot. So she met a lot of humans and not once did a human look at her and be like, oh, that's my food. Their initial reaction is always to pet her and be like, oh my God, I need to stop what I'm doing right now in Los Angeles, keep in mind. People are very busy, they never stop for anything. I need to stop what I'm doing right now and pet your pig and love on your pig and give her kisses because she's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Hi there, veggie mates. You just heard from this week's special guest, Taryn Rasgon. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is episode number 69 of the Veg Talk podcast. Welcome back to those who have tuned in before and to those checking us out for the first time. A huge welcome and thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. I really do appreciate it. I uh, can't really uh, explain how much I really do appreciate you all. Uh, your continual support and feedback does mean a lot. And if you are wondering how you can show your support, please head over to the Apple Podcast application, leave a five-star rating and a short review about your favorite episode. Uh, we recently did crack 100 worldwide reviews and ratings globally, uh, and it's really all thanks to you. So really do appreciate that, guys. Now, let's shift our focus to this week's awesome guest, Taryn, from the very well-known t-shirt company, Veggie Taryn. As you heard before, we're kicking this episode off by chatting about Penny, Taryn and her partner Alex's adopted pig. Penny is quite incredible and it was amazing to hear about her story and what it's been like having a pig in the home. You'll also hear about Taryn's switch to veganism, starting a business, the need for more female business owners, CEOs and board members in this world and the importance of community. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did, guys. And as always, I'll catch you on the other side to wrap things up. All right, beautiful. We're here today with Taryn Rasgon. Thank you very much for, for coming up from Lake Oswego. We appreciate you uh, you coming up and spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Cheers, cheers. So I think, first of all, I'd love to just um, congratulate you on the the Veg News nomination that you received recently. That's pretty cool. Do you want to yeah. talk about that for a bit? You know, honestly, I'm really honored. Um, I'm on a list with a bunch of amazing other brands, and I'm just so stoked to even have the nomination and be a part of the Veggie Awards for Veg News. So, yeah, I'm really stoked about it, and I was really happy when I received the news the other day. Do you know when the uh, the announcement gets made on, on the winners? Um, I don't. I know that it like goes for maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how it's been in the past, but I'm not really sure when the winners are officially announced. Got you. So I think today's the ninth, right? Yeah. If, if you guys are listening in and that it's still open on like the... I think it's going to be like the 18th. Yeah. If it's still open, go to Veg News, <laughs> check them out. And yes. um, it's under Vegetarian, right? Yeah, it's under Vegetarian. And it's actually kind of fun to take the whole um, Veggie Awards survey because you get to see so many amazing brands, maybe one that you haven't seen before. And you're like, oh, I need to keep an eye out for that next time. So it is kind of a fun process. It's cool. We just did it. Well, Anna did it recently last night. 
And um, yeah, you, you find these brands that you've never heard of. Mm. Then you see ones that you've traveled to, you know, somewhere else. To in, try. Exactly, in the country or in mm. the world. So yeah, it, it's definitely a fun survey to do. I'd, I'd highly it, recommend it, it. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, one day hopefully we can we can get Veg Talk on the uh, the Veg News yeah, Awards. Yeah, do they have a podcast one? I don't know. Oh, they no. need to add that. Totally, they yeah. need to add that. Uh, that would be that would be a crazy. good category, like best vegan podcast. <laughs> I mean, it would be. An, there are some amazing vegan podcasts, so yeah, it would be certainly an honor to be a part of uh, that one day in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Cool. So. You've, you've moved up here and the other day, you know, I was just browsing through your stories and uh, your fiance, Alex, yeah. was holding up a pig. <laughs> and I was like, is that a pig? That's amazing. They've got a pig. Do you want to talk? We've learned a little bit, you know, just meeting you today. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about, you know, everything about Penny. Yeah. How you came across finding her. Yeah. And adopting her and then what you've learned because they're a little bit different to, you know, your your everyday kind of dog. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, if I had to compare her to something, I'd compare her to a three-year-old toddler maybe. (laughs) 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 No joke. Like that's what it's like taking care of her. It's like having a baby in the house. Um, She is the sweetest little piggy and I happen to be away um, in New York at Vegandale and Alex called me, said he met this couple walking on the streets in downtown LA, and they were gonna basically surrender their pig to the shelter. And Alex was like, that just doesn't sound right. Like, why are these people getting rid of their pig? Like, it was, she was so small, 10 pounds, tiny, tiny little baby pig, like, in the sweetest, cutest little thing you've ever seen, like, impossible not to fall in love with her. So, Alex, asked the couple if uh, Penny could meet Cuddy, our dog. Their first interaction went great. Um, Cuddy was super interested in Penny, but Penny wasn't really, could care less about Cuddy. Um, And then Alex took her home. So meanwhile, I'm in New York and come home and have this cute little pig and actually, I won't go into it too much, um, but Penny, after I got home from New York, she had a seizure, um, like, the night before I got home. So, like, when I got, Alex picked me up from the airport and said, you know, Penny last night, I take her to the vet, she had a seizure. And so we had a time period where Alex and I spent a month or two helping her get back to health. She was in and out of the vet. Um, and out of the hospital, uh, we, (laughs) we were, um, really scared the whole time, but at the same time, we kept joking that she had better, better healthcare than we did. (laughs) I joked the same thing. (laughs) No joke. Like the vets that took care of her, everyone fell in love with her and they, were so above and beyond like calling us giving us updates like worried parents and it was amazing and we just like really appreciated it they're actually i have to give them a shout out that's how awesome they were their name is paws and claws um in the valley in la they have a hotel and vet right next to each other and honestly like anytime i need help with one of my animals like i will for sure call them because they were just above and beyond 
Amazing. Yeah. So once Penny got back to health, which she's in great health and she's such a strong pig because there were a few times where even the vets didn't think she was going to make it. And um, we helped her gain weight. She's now like quadrupled her size. So she's like a 40 pound thick pig. She's thick. <laughs> like Alex and I also joke that in pig world, like the more plump you are, like the prettier you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, that's what pigs would be. Oh into. my gosh, yeah. it for sure is. And she recognizes herself in the mirror. And it's so funny. So we'll show her herself in the mirror often because like, she clearly likes likes it. And we're always like, look at how fat you're getting. Look at how cute you are. And if anyone like heard us, they would think we're crazy. But like, we're just good pig parents. We're encouraging totally. her to continue to eat her food and grow into a big piggy. Because um, like the whole micro pig thing, it, it doesn't really exist. Like pigs aren't meant to be tiny animals. That's just like breeders trying to breed the smallest pig hoping they'll be small that's why a lot of people get small pigs and then they end up going into big pigs um and yeah so we love her and she is the best addition to the family and it it was I say she's like a three-year-old toddler because the first few months of having her I was like up three times at night <laughs> you know <laughs> we I mean we we get it on a different level I feel yeah. like after having Indy. Right. Puppies are kind of like, you know, you know their behavior and all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, getting a pig is a, is a little bit different. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you were saying before about like, um, you know, where she, like where her breed is from and, sure. and, and their behavior? Because I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. So her breed is actually one of the smaller types of breeds. They're, she's a Cooney Cooney pig. They come from New Zealand and unlike other pigs, they forage for their food rather than root in the ground. So uh, she would basically like to eat the grapes falling off of a winery or, you know, out in a grass field. That's what she would naturally do. So Alex and I wanted to try and mimic that situation for her. So that eating was, you know, an enjoyable experience. And we basically figured out that the best way to do it was putting a blanket or a large towel on the ground. And she has like a pig pellet. We also give her all the fruits and veggies, literally everything. She loves them all. And we basically just hide it in the towel and blanket and allow her to forage <laughs> through the blanket or the towel um, and eat her food. And she really, really loves um, doing it. You can like see the excitement in her body language that she's just like, stoked i can't wait to meet her oh she's so funny and she has so much sass and personality yeah. and um yeah she's just like hilarious alex and i are constantly laughing because of her so she really brings us so much joy and having her around has been um really eye-opening as well uh we lived with her in our apartment for about a month or two before we moved to lake oswego in our house now that with a nice yard um but when we had her in the apartment um we obviously were taking her out of the apartment often so she could roam and go to the restroom and whatnot so she met a lot of humans and not once did a human look at her and be like oh that's my food their initial reaction is always to pet her 
and be like, oh my God, I need to stop what I'm doing right now in Los Angeles, keep in mind. People are very busy. They never stop for anything. Right. This is not a farm. Yeah. Yeah. I need to stop what I'm doing right now and pet your pig and love on your pig and give her kisses because she's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And one time we met this lady in the elevator. So she had a quite short experience with Penny and you could tell she like really loved Penny, was giving her kisses on her nose and was so taken back by her. And the next day, um, my neighbor, who she was in the elevator with, said that that night she went home and threw away bacon in her fridge because Penny had such a huge experience and, like, huge, profound, like, eye-opening experience for this lady that made her realize and, like, connect the dots that the bacon in her fridge was Penny and she didn't want to eat penny right i mean it is just you know we we go through these changes and it becomes obvious to people that experience it but from you know trying to get back into the old mindset of where you used to be it can be difficult but we're so 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 disconnected yeah and that is a fantastic example of how disconnected we are because like obviously the bacon in the fridge comes from a pig Mm -hmm. but we just don't get to experience that you know kind of one-on-one interaction with the animal yeah and as soon as you have that react at that interaction and realize just how loving amazing and you're talking about the personality that penny has yeah that's unique to Mm -hmm. penny yeah she's so cute and when people get to experience that Mm -hmm. i think that is the amazing you know i suppose that's the amazing energy she can pass on to those people. Exactly. They go home mm-hmm. and just go, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I can't take part in that anymore. Yeah. It's, I, it's amazing. I really think that Penny, you know, she, I didn't think she was going to like live, but now that she is living and like, she's so just like, if someone comes up to her, you know, pigs, they're naturally, like, their neck is kind of down. Like, their nose kind of points towards the ground. Um, but when someone comes up to her to, like, you know, say, hi, Penny, how are you? Or, like, oh, your pig is so cute. Like, I think she knows the word cute. So she, like, perks her head up and just, like, hi, and, like, gives you a full-on smile. Like, you can noticeably see the curve in her cheek where she's just, like, you know it's like so funny she's like look at me i'm beautiful like nice and plump today (laughs) no it's amazing the 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 images i'm getting in my head of this this pig like walking around los angeles is so cool yeah like how often do you get to see that does she have an instagram um yeah she does pig penny lane okay um i will start posting on it more i think right now there's just like one photo um but yeah, she she'll she'll post more, not me. Penny, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Penny Penny needs to post more. Yeah. Definitely yeah. pass that message on for us. Yeah, I definitely will. I have um loads of photos and videos from the past few months that are just Next level. Actually, I just made a highlight on my page. You could go see them. They're so funny. I did one for Cuddy too. 
oh, I could think that anytime I'm in a bad mood, I'm just going to go and watch that because I can't help but just start laughing hysterically. Yeah, not so funny. We don't want to take any light away from Cuddy either. Yeah. He's amazing. He is. In his own right. He is. You know, he's another little piggy. Little (laughs) Boston Terrier. Yeah, Yeah, no, not really a pig, but (laughs) we joke that we have two pigs just because his face is like so smushy. But um, he is a Boston Terrier and Penny and Cuddy. Uh, at first, I think P- Cuddy was just really interested in her. And then eventually Penny was just like the annoying little sister that was like always chasing him around the house. And I think currently Cuddy mostly likes Penny when she's sleeping and he'll go and snuggle next to her. But the rest of the time he is like trying to run away from her, which is <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, well. I look forward to following the adventures yeah. of uh, Penny and Cuddy. Yeah. A, a pretty cool duo. Yeah, And they are. Um, I do think that that social media aspect to, to having a pig in your home is super important. I mean, you, you spoke about the elevator experience that that woman yeah. had with Penny. I mean, it's not the same. In-person is definitely, there's something to say for having like that in-person reaction, uh, interaction. Um, but social media, as we've seen with the, the vegan movement, is super important. So yeah. I think... I think Penny has a, a lot to offer the world. She does. Yeah. And, you know, we, we do actually socialize her quite often. We She's harness trained. She can walk on a leash. So we go on walks around the neighborhood. And people, we can't go anywhere without getting stopped because I think most people, it's like, it's so funny too because it's like you, you're, like you mentioned earlier, you don't typically see pigs. So when you do see one, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I have to go see this animal. And she is a very cute looking pig because, well, I might be biased, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's because she has hair, her breed, mm-hmm. Cooney Cooney pigs, they have hair like human hair. So she has this like multicolored, beautiful hair and she literally glows. So it's hard not to want to just like stop and love on her. Yeah. Amazing. Like print kind of yeah. the color of her is people really call her cool. like a leopard or a tiger because yeah. of her like print yeah she's got an amazing color and i mean who wouldn't want to stop and and say hey yeah so, exactly yeah hey well done to you guys for, you. for taking her on um what a cool story yeah um and kudos to to alex as well for being like you know i'm gonna call taryn and yeah and see what's up here because it it could have been one of those interactions where you're kind of like yeah but I don't know it you know you could have just let it brush by you sure you know I'd been begging Alex for another dog for a while and he kept telling me no so I was actually quite surprised when he was like oh I'm gonna rescue this pig I think when I said yeah rescue her like I didn't think he was actually going to do it but something made him feel like he really needed to and obviously we're engaged we're very much alike and both huge animal lovers and I think we both have like this crazy dream of having like not a sanctuary but just like a family farm and yeah I think Penny was just kind of the start to that for us and I I also don't want to give the wrong idea to anyone listening or watching it is a lot of work and also a huge commitment just like getting any animal. Um, So if you're not prepared for the commitment to taking care of another life, then don't be getting an animal. 
of any kind. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think uh, as we've grown up with predominantly cats and dogs, yeah. maybe birds, pigs are not, I'd say that's a rare occurrence sure. in today's world. Um, there'd be some learning to do. Yeah, there's sure. definitely been a learning curve for both of us. Yep. Um, it's been really great. Actually, Instagram has been a great place for us to connect to other pig parents. Esther, Esther the pig? Yeah, um, Esther the pig, uh, Rotini, my vegan pig on Instagram. Uh, her, or his parents have been really great and uh, helpful, and we've just been like chatting back and forth. Um, Is that Ollie? Is he here in... Yeah. The Northwest. Oh, Ollie's in Portland. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I need to make a play date with Ollie and Some, Penny. <laughs> somewhere in the north, it's either Vancouver or Portland. I'm oh not 100 percent sure. But yeah, we saw some friends, Jasmine and Chris. Um, they went and visited. Oh my gosh, Ollie. that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Man, I would love to see that play date. That is, yeah, that'd be that amazing. Would be, I, we want to introduce her because pigs are really social animals. So that was something we learned was that you have to socialize with your pig often otherwise the pig will be bored Mm -hmm. and lonely and because they're pack animals and social animals you know that's something we have to obviously we're not pigs but we have to keep her stimulated and having fun and have something to interact with or someone to interact with so we really want to bring her there's actually a farm in LA that we were going to bring her to when we were living there that she could potentially meet some other piggies Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's Definitely on our list of things to do because we were just, oh, I wonder what you would do. Also, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but community. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a human or a pig. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you can't be isolated. Yeah. You, you need it to be yeah. a happy, healthy being. Yeah. We're social yeah. animals too. I think there's actually a, a study that was done. I wish I like could yeah knew where I read it or what study it was. But basically it says something that humans feel the most happy when they're part of a community doesn't really matter how big or small but that's when you feel the most fulfilled totally yeah totally so as hard as it is moving on from from penny and cuddy yeah um i'd love to hear a little bit about uh, you as well so sure. in terms of like where you grew up um what it was like growing up in that area uh, and then the experiences that you had that led to choosing uh to be a vegan okay um so i grew up in California in Agora Hills. It's a small uh, suburb of LA, um, almost to Ventura County. It's kind of on the border of LA County and Ventura County. And, you know, ever since I can remember, I've always loved animals. And anytime as a child I ate chicken, I had to eat it off the bone. I never liked if I, if I had a steak, I never liked if it would bleed. Um, I didn't really eat too much cheese and dairy because I knew it would hurt my stomach. So going to like a birthday party where they had cheese pizza and cake was like my worst nightmare as a child. Um, But I didn't know anyone that was vegan. And I don't even think I knew what vegan was until later on in life. So typically as a kid, if you asked me what my favorite food was, I probably would have told you broccoli. And that's pretty cool. If there is tofu on the menu, I ordered it. So I think like that's not to say I didn't eat meat because I did. And I like loved going in and out burger and I like ate chicken. I just preferred it when it was like white meat off the bone. Mm -hmm. 
so obviously like there was a part of my brain that was like connecting meat to animals and I think because of that that's why I had like these weird things that I would and wouldn't eat uh so, and yeah. in and out burger is like Correct. uh like a California kind of it's go-to. Like a, right, a California burger joint, like, you know, McDonald's, fast food, whatever. And it's got this, like, worldwide recognition. Yeah. Everyone knows about it. Like, I mean, it is really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But what makes it good is the sauce and the grilled onions and the toppings. It's not the meat itself, you know? Like, you can make an In-N-Out style burger vegan. Just mimic the sauce and the toppings and the type of bread that's a little bit like softer and get yourself a beyond patty get yourself a beyond patty or an impossible patty which whichever one mimics in and out more yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah and you'll be set uh i actually think the burgers from burger lords kind of taste like in and out if you've ever been there it's a spot in downtown la not all vegan but have bomb vegan burgers and yeah they taste very similar to in and out like the whole style of them is like in and out there's easy ways to fix the cravings that you might have yeah that you know you can you can find everything vegan yeah Yeah. absolutely totally so i think it it wasn't until i was in college um and i studied abroad in barcelona where the one of their delicacies is eating hamon and it's like pig thighs that hang from the ceiling. And not once did I walk into these like restaurants and bars with pig thighs hanging on them. And I was like, mm, yum, dinner. <laughs> Never. I actually thought it smelled repulsive. I was like, how do people eat this? This is so gross. So I would order the vegetarian foods. So just because I thought the meat was gross there. And when I came back to Arizona for college, I was back to eating In-N-Out and Wendy's and, you know, Taco Bell, just college diet food, and would keep getting sick every meal. I would eat, I would be sick. I would throw up, my stomach would hurt. I was so nauseous, like, all the time. I'm like, what is happening? And I think what happened was, like, I just hadn't eaten meat in a while, that my body was no longer used to digesting it. So I started doing some research online. Um, My mom had, like, started a vegan journey prior to this. So I think, like, even though I was, like, not wanting to follow what my mom, you know, I was, like, in college trying to be a rebel, (laughs) not wanting to follow in my mom's footsteps. I think because she was doing that, that's kind of what sparked me to, like, Google. And uh, in that journey, I was like, wait a second, I think... I need to try this. So I didn't really put too much pressure on myself. I was just like, I'm going to be vegan three days a week. But then I think because I didn't put too much pressure on myself, I found myself eating more vegan meals than not. And eventually it was just like, I don't even remember the last time I had meat or dairy. And it was like six months and I had inhalers because I had really bad asthma. Like in every purse, I was even rushed to the hospital from my college dorm the year prior for having such a bad asthma attack that um, I was feeling so good eating this new way, eating a vegan diet, that I threw all my inhalers into a drawer. And I was like, I don't need these anymore. I'm just going to keep them here in case of an emergency. And then after about another year of like literally never touching an inhaler, I was like, hey, I've healed myself 
threw them away. It's now been like 10 years and I have never used an inhaler. So. Wow. I mean. It's awesome. I mean, I've, I've healed my asthma like full full on. Like I can get fully sick and have like the flu and still not get asthma, which like as a child, if I ever got sick, I was having asthma with it just like by nature. Do you think that's due? I know there's a huge link between dairy products yeah. and asthma. Do you think it's solely that or do you, do you think that the meat um, products had something to do with it as well? I don't know. That's a good question. I think dairy probably played a bigger role in it. Um, but just in general, like the asthma thing was awesome because I thought I was going to have it my whole life and then I didn't. But I also mm. had eczema, something else I thought I'd have my whole life. And that went away. My skin cleared up. I lost weight, not even trying to lose weight. It was like 20 pounds. And I was like, okay, cool. All my friends in college were like, what are you eating? <laughs> I want to eat like you, you know? Yeah. And a lot of them did go vegan after that more or less lose weight at ASU, you know, this school where you're in bathing suits all day long. Mm -hmm. That wasn't why I did it and not why I think anyone should go vegan. Um, it was just an added bonus because I was eating healthy, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Sounds like a cool school. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really fun school, you know? Like, I loved going to ASU. I always... I had the best time in college you know I say that yeah people are like oh ASU is a party school and it was I partied my ass off but I also got a great education and I think what I learned probably was time management it was like if I want to go to this party I better finish my work yeah definitely I don't think I would have done too well my, my time <laughs> management skills have always been uh you know something I'm still working on today yeah, so um, yeah no that, yeah that wouldn't have been for me for sure I would have got caught up in the um in the parties for sure. M luckily, my school that I went to was much quieter, a little coastal place. So nice. I, I probably ended up at the right, the right joint. Where'd you go? I went to a school called Monash University. Okay. Um, they've got a lot, they've got a few campuses in Melbourne. Okay. Uh, Australia. Cool. And uh, yeah, I did my course there, but my course was actually down on the peninsula. Okay. Uh, so they've got a, a campus that is, yeah, the opposite direction to the city. Okay. And uh, yeah. It was a cool community. Nice. Just a, a lot smaller and yeah, it wasn't, um, it I suppose it wasn't as big. It yeah, was a smaller was gonna, campus. So. I was going to say it sounds much smaller because ASU is like one of the biggest public schools um, in the US. University here is on a completely really? different level. Yeah, I have no idea. Huge, like to see, like I always refer to college like athletes mm. that they're like semi-professional. Yeah. You know, the way they train, the way they play, sure. the way it's televised. Sure. It's, you know, they may as well be professional. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, so that that's something we don't have, you know. They don't, you don't have like sports like that? Like, no, no way. No way. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not. That's it's like a, one of the best parts of college. Yeah. It's like sporting events. Would have been cool <laughs> to experience for sure. Oh my God, you totally should go like to an Oregon State game or a U of O football game or something just for the experience. It's so fun to like yeah. tailgate. I don't know if you guys drink, but it's so fun to like go have a beer, like chill. I don't know. It's just like, it's a different kind of environment. 
and just like it, it is I guess bringing it back to a community type of thing because when you're all like in one um arena and yep. you're all rooting for like the same team to win I think there's like a community sense to that I mean that's why people like it that's why sports work yeah exactly as a business yeah all over the world because yeah. people want that they, exactly. they crave that community and it's, yeah. it's one way uh, of getting that that feeling yeah um yeah football season is pretty much over but when it <laughs> cranks back up again i'd love yeah. to go to a ducks game i oh, mean that is so fun that'd be really cool and it's big here in oregon because yeah. they don't have a they've got the seahawks but it's obviously yeah it's a different state different yeah. city yeah it's kind of fun because alex's parents their rivals they went one went to u of o one to osu and then alex and i went to i went to asu and he went to u of a and we're all in the pack 12 so we all, which is like the same. It's the group. Yeah, the same yeah. group of teams that like play against each other. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun during the basketball games and football games to all have this like family rivalry. <laughs> totally. No, it's sick. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of ventured off the path of like, I think we kind of skimmed over how crazy and amazing it is that, you know, you've reversed asthma. You've reversed skin problems. Mm -hmm. And what I just find kind of mind-boggling, puzzling to me is that a lot of people around the world know this is fact. Uh, It's in the literature. It's been experienced by thousands and thousands of people. But yet we we still go to the doctor for asthma and they will still give puffers Mm. when it's probably more than likely as simple as changing your diet and if it doesn't cure it it will at least relieve you you know tenfold or it will just give you so much relief by removing something like dairy from your diet yeah absolutely um so i come from a family of doctors my dad is a doctor my grandpa was a doctor my uncle is a doctor they're all doctors yeah um and you know, even my dad would be the first one to say that you don't get nutrition training in medical school. Medical school is school of medicine. So they're learning what drugs interact with what foods and what foods have a different effect on what drugs. They're not spending enough time in medical school learning about true nutrition and so doctors are not in the business of telling patients to change their diet they are doctors of medicine prescribing medicine so one thing that I used to always do was take medicine anytime I was sick And that's because I come from a family of doctors. So anytime I had any sort of ailment, I was just fed a pill. But when I was like 10, someone gave me Advil and I had an allergic reaction. So ever since then, I've kind of had this like weird fear of taking pills because I'm allergic to Advil, Motrin, Midol, all of those fun things. So I don't really like taking too much medicine, but I've always had to take medicine like for my asthma or for my eczema, whatever it might be. And when I went vegan and had to stop taking all my medicine and f- 
felt the best I ever felt, looked the best I ever looked, just my skin was glowing. I didn't have asthma anymore. I didn't have acne anymore. There's just like so many reasons. My like mind clarity was better. There's just like so many reasons why I felt better and I had taken no medicine that now it's been like, I don't know, I rarely ever take medicine and that's because there are times when like you may need an antibiotic. We're not bulletproof. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. You can't prevent everything. So it's not to like hate on Western medicine or doctors by any means. I actually believe personally that like a mix of both Eastern medicine and Western medicine is what we need. So yeah, like... Your mom going vegan, you going vegan. Yeah. Has this changed your dad's practice at all? Like it must um, have like at least So my parents his... are separated. Okay. They're not together. Gotcha. Um, and my dad, you know, he doesn't really consume too much dairy. He never really has consumed too much dairy. And he's never really been a big like meat eater, but he does eat a lot of fish. And... No, he is not vegan. And yeah, I wasn't. I, I mean, I wasn't no, really. Um, it's hard. It's something that him and I actually argue about. But like mm-hmm. in in his own practice, there's like a few other doctors, including my the nutritionist, my dad, that works with my dad and his patients. Like the nutritionist is vegan. Like another doctor in his practice is vegan. So I just don't think my dad has gotten there yet. Um, he has changed like a lot of his habits, even though he wouldn't admit it. He doesn't like, I never see him eating meat anymore. It's always fish. And he does, he drinks like almond milk or a plant milk of sorts. He is a healthy guy in general. Like my dad doesn't really drink ever. He doesn't smoke. Um, yeah. So I would say like for Overall, he's pretty healthy, but he is on his journey still. Exactly. And that's more what I was, you know, interested in. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, finding out if it's, yeah, done that, like changed his path, uh, which is which is really cool. And yeah, you can't force slowly. You can't force anyone to, uh, no. to, to change, but to hear that he's surrounded in an environment where the nutritionist is vegan another doctor's mm-hmm. vegan his daughter's vegan yeah i think that you know that in itself is, is playing a big role in in his journey yeah sure. you know i have two brothers as well one of them is vegan one of them is not um so anytime my dad spends you know time with me and one at least one of my brothers or if it's all of us we're usually at least splitting our time 50-50 of going to like vegan restaurants and having him try vegan foods and whatnot, so. And is this in Los Angeles? Yeah. So he's in Los Angeles as well. Where which there's is a like, plethora of options. Exactly, it's like <laughs> vegan vegan mecca down there. It so. is, but it is like that here in Portland too, honestly. Totally. No, it, de- it definitely is. The West Coast in general, I, I feel, is just ahead of the East Coast, more health-minded. I don't know if it's the weather or the vibe of people being more laid back. Um, those things I find to be true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, we've definitely got more options. We moved from Boston and the minute we got here, we were like, why the hell did we not move here sooner? Because <laughs> it's just, 
you know, it's it's a polar yeah. polar opposite. Yeah, and food is something that you do three times a day, so it should be an enjoyable experience, and you should be able to find the foods that you want to find. And I always say to people that I think it's really important if you're craving something to go and find a vegan version of it, and or try and make a vegan version of it so that you can satisfy that craving. It's usually not the meat that you're craving. It's like the experience of the whole sandwich put together or whatever it might be, your whole burger put together that you're right. craving. Flavors, textures, mm-hmm. uh, smells, mm-hmm. all of that. And I think that's what, you know, Impossible and Beyond are doing so good at yeah. recreating is that yeah. whole experience. And making it accessible. Because totally. Because you can now go through a Carl's Jr. or a Burger King and order a completely plant-based burger, which is just mind-boggling. Because like... Right. Here I am, like, I went vegan in college where I had to, like, watch my friends eat, like, munchies late at night, you know, because I had nothing to order. Whereas, like, a college student today in the the middle of nowhere, America, can go to Carl's Jr. and indulge in that burger with their friends, like, so cool. Exactly. Everyone needs to take advantage of that. No, it is. It is really cool. It's... uh, it's definitely hitting that social experience. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, which it, I think actually is a huge contributor to why more people don't go vegan. Yep. Because one of the hardest parts of changing your diet or your lifestyle is then going into a like restaurant with a group of friends and suddenly you're the only one at the table having to maybe like make modifications on the menu, which I don't mind doing, but I can understand how, like, sometimes it's uncomfortable. I've even been in situations where, like, a waitress or a waiter has made me feel uncomfortable about maybe modifying the menu. And I don't think anyone should feel that way because if anyone actually truly does have an allergy, let's say, they're going to have to speak up and let the waiter or waitress know. So I don't really think it's that different than just, like, speaking up and saying, like, hey, I don't eat this. Like, what can I do to substitute this? Or even like look at the menu, look at the sides and get creative on your own and put something together. Definitely. I think it, uh, for a lot of people, and I can, I can completely understand it, um, if you are more introverted or someone that doesn't sure. like confrontation at mm-hmm. all, it can be really difficult to be like, especially in front of a group of friends that totally. might not be vegan. Totally. And have to stand up and say mm-hmm. like, hey, is it okay if like we actually don't put the cheese on yeah. the salad or... Is it okay if I do this or that yeah. or bring a bunch of sides instead of get the mains? Like it, it could be hard. Yeah. And it's totally okay if you're someone that like doesn't feel comfortable in that situation. But if someone does say something in front of their friends or to a waitress, that single question has such a huge impact both on their friends and on that restaurant because Every time you demand or you ask for a vegan option somewhere, you're letting that establishment know that this is something that we want, that the public wants, that you should add to the menu. And so asking that question is so important. So even if you are scared, I always like encourage people to just like think about how great of an impact you might have you might be the like hundredth person that asked for a vegan option that now the restaurant decides we're going to create a vegan menu that is a fantastic perspective yeah stepping kind of outside your comfort zone for the movement yeah 
is something that a lot of people might not have thought about. Yeah. But it's so true. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same as if you have a person come up to you and ask you where you get your protein. Yeah. It might be the thousandth time you've fielded that question. <laughs> But it totally. might be the first time that person's asked yeah. that question. Yeah. So as silly as it may seem and as annoying as it may seem to apply, mm-hmm. uh, reply, sorry, we really do have to just take a, a step back mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I get my protein from plants. Like, totally. It's, it's totally possible. I've been vegan for X amount of years and, you know, I haven't died yet. In <laughs> fact, I feel the best I have. Yeah, and I'm thriving. I'm more active than ever yeah. before. So yeah. I like the perspective. Yeah. That's, that's really Thank cool. You. So coming out of college, did you have, you know, being an entrepreneur now, did you have any kind of uh, want to go out into the business world and start something? Or were you looking at other options? What What was it like coming out of ASU? Um, well, I had an internship on the Sony production lot one summer. And that was the only true like nine to five job I ever had. It was Monday through Thursday, not even Monday through Friday. (laughs) And every day I drove there for the summer. I would think, how do people do this the rest of their lives? I'm miserable. Like there's no way I could do this forever. And LA is a good place to find that depression oh my god yeah I'm so grateful I had that realization I must have been like I don't know 20 21 I was 20 I definitely wasn't of legal drinking age so (laughs) I was like 2019 I think it was in between my sophomore and junior year of college and yeah um I learned then it wasn't for me however um I didn't grow up in a family where I got mostly anything I wanted like my life in high school was cheerleading and I had to work at the school in order to like pay the fees to be on the team. So anything I wanted, I always knew I had to like work for it. And I think um, anytime I needed money in high school or middle school, I I sold bracelets that I made. High school, I, I babysat, I coached like a cheerleading squad, I tutored. So I always found things that I was able to do to make money. And so in college, after that internship, when I went back and hung out with all my college friends, I had a couple friends that were like super into this whole idea of like owning your own business. And for some reason, I guess you just, it's true, the people you surround yourself with, you share the same values and passions and beliefs. And that mindset really rubbed off onto me. And this friend I had, he would always say, like, by the time I'm 25 or by the time I'm 30, I'm going to become a millionaire. And he actually became a millionaire by the time he was 25. So that also has, like, having people close in my life where, like, you know, you put your mind to something, you, you write a goal down, and you achieve that goal. So that's kind of what happened with me. I knew I wanted to start some sort of vegan business. This was five years ago, um, there weren't really any other t-shirt companies besides like herbivore clothing here in Portland. Um, and I just thought that I wanted to make shirts that had like fun messaging to spread the vegan lifestyle rather than messaging that was maybe like in your face about it. 
So something that you would feel comfortable wearing and proudly wear that can maybe spark a conversation. So I didn't have a lot of money being fresh out of college. I took the small amount of money I had. I bought about 150 shirts. I went to a festival in Arizona that was a vegan festival. I sold the shirts and then I bought more shirts and that's pretty much what I've been doing ever since. And do you, do you design? Yeah, so... Because um, the, the, the prints, I was going to say before as well, like your idea of the message you wanted to, to kind of show the world. Yeah. I mean, you've hit that nail on the head. Thank you. The design and the messaging is hilarious. Like, it's, it's funny. Yeah. You know, they're cool. Um, they're cool prints, kind of like puns, play on words, mm-hmm. play on movies. Yeah. What we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, but you've, like, rebranded it with a, a vegan uh, slogan or yeah. message. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. But do you have like a design background or do you design your t-shirts? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny you ask that because I think because I came from a family of doctors that me wanting to like take a photography class or an art class was never really supported in my family. But I always gravitated towards those things, but was never necessarily allowed to do anything. So I think it wasn't until I started my own business that I realized I have a huge love for photography and I also love designing. And for the first few years, I didn't have the capability or knowledge to design anything online for print. So typically I would, what I call ugly draw, um, the concept and idea of whatever the design was and then hire a graphic designer to bring it to life. But um, about six months ago, I got an iPad and thanks to YouTube, have taught myself how to do it all. So I actually have a new shirt coming out this month that I totally designed like start to finish all by myself. It was so fun. My screen printers were freaking awesome. They're all women owned screen printing company in downtown LA, which is a really male dominated industry. And they're awesome. They are really helpful and helps like kind of guide me along the way. So now I, all of the designs moving forward, I think will just be totally done 100% by me, which is really fun. And uh, something I'm going to focus on more this year is just like creating more art. Um, I'm going to call it activism art, where it's just like art that gets you to think. Um, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Maybe on more shirts, maybe on stickers and like some other fun things, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. That's awesome. That's super impressive. Like, you know, it's a daunting kind of process to be like, holy shit, like I'm going to do this myself. <laughs> Are people going to yeah. like my designs? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, am I going to do it correctly or do I have the skills? And then to go out and do the whole YouTube university thing and, yeah. you know, learn yourself and bring it to life. I mean, that must be a pretty proud moment for you. That's pretty, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I would say I am proud of myself uh, for learning. I kept saying for a few years, oh, I'm going to go take a graphic design course at the community college. I just really want to learn. But I think what ended up happening was over the years, I slowly started learning bits of the process along the way. Um, I would ask a couple of the designers I worked with, like, hey, can I sit down and watch you like as you bring this dis- like design to life? 
And even a few times I actually asked, like, can I sit with you while you're designing and say, like, I want this here and this fixed here? Because I knew and had the vision of what I wanted. I probably was so annoying to work with because I ha saw it in my head. So mm -hmm. they needed to create what I was seeing, uh, not just, like, have fun on their own creative process, you know? Totally. Um, so, yeah, and YouTube is awesome because I guess... I was like just a little bit too old so I didn't really watch YouTube like growing up like it, it wasn't like a really a thing it was more like a place you just saw like a funny viral video <laughs> I'm the same for sure um but after I realized that I could learn anything on YouTube and that I could sit there and like pause and be like try out whatever they just taught me and then figure it out that is the best way to learn in my opinion like that is made for me like it's that's how I learn. Well, it's, it's getting out of that textbook kind of yeah. world into the real world. Well, I'm, I'm a visual person. Right. So visually being able to see what's happening and then pausing it. And doing. And doing it. Okay, cool. I'm done. I've learned that step now. I can move on to learning the next thing. So I think that that's awesome. Like, I love YouTube for that reason. You can literally learn anything. Like, as far as, like, Penny goes. Like... Well, the first week we had her, Alex and I were YouTubing, like, pig sounds because we didn't know if they were, like, okay, if she was, like, crying in distress, if she needed something. Like, she has so many different sounds, and I, I've learned that they all have different, like, meanings for, like, water, food, walk, whatever. But, like, I had to YouTube things to make sure, like, she was okay. Amazing. Yeah. No, it really is cool what you can... You know, YouTube is like a crazy place. Like there's a lot of information. But if you are specifically looking to learn about a topic, yeah, you can get a lot of like yeah. amazing, helpful information. It is. And you know, like the really cool part about it too is you get to hear pe from people's like experiences or like how someone does something. Because like one graphic designer might get their project done this way and another graphic designer might get their project done this way. So it's really cool to be able to see all the different ways and then craft your own way from that. So yeah, I've really enjoyed the process, you know, like with closing biz babes, it's been a really good creative outlet for me to just like kind of sit and draw and yeah. like have fun, like getting out of my head. Totally. So I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. A really good activity. And I, I do want to speak about uh, women in business yeah. and community. Yeah. So for someone that's maybe just started yeah. a business or they're starting like an endeavor of their own, mm -hmm. that the reality is it requires a lot of solo work. Yeah. And what you can quickly find is that you become isolated yeah. from, uh, you know, maybe your normal community of friends mm -hmm. and family um, or you're just lacking people around you because you've you kind of chosen to go out and do this project solo yeah so uh, what what have you found i know we were talking about jackie before uh we went on on air um and you know your your time at biz babes but what's it been like as a, as a female business owner mm -hmm. and what's it been like to What's the difference between working on your own without the community and then finding a community that you can actually work within? To answer that question, I would say that working on your own, it, it's a 
good experience. I think you learn a lot from it, but at the same time, it's very lonely. And I think when you work in a community with other people, even if you're not working on the same projects or the same business, you automatically feel inspired by others around you. Um, I think that for me personally, I am not a jealous person. I don't see my friends achieving success and get jealous from it. I clap for them and celebrate them and I'm happy for them. Um, and I think that as a business owner, for me, it's been really awesome to be able to connect with other business owners because I feel like they can relate to a lot of the same experiences that I may be going through. Um, we have such like a hustle culture in America where they're just like, work, 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 work until you die. <laughs> and that is a like, real no thing. no joke. Yeah, real. And I, I am even someone who has become like fallen into that like mindset of like, I have to work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that when you do that, you will experience burnout. Um, I don't think it's impossible. It's like not possible to like work, work, work and not experience burnout. And so when you're burnt out, there is no creativity. There is no more joy in your work. There's no more fun. So I think that in order to not get to that point, you have to have like a good balance in your life. But that goes for anything, you know, like how many sweets you eat or um, how often you exercise or how often you spend time at home versus going out with your friends. So I think learning to step away from the hustle culture and find the balance that works for me has been really important and I think that talking about that with my other business owner friends is also crucial because it allows everyone to not feel or <laughs> try to not feel like guilt of maybe you know taking some time for yourself versus working definitely yeah and you're not alone you've yeah. got that person to bounce off right if you, if you to were talk to right. to share an experience with and if you're alone you just internalize it all and you don't get that opportunity mm -hmm. to be like hey i'm experiencing this it's really pissing me off it's it's a struggle have you experienced this yeah no i haven't experienced it but here's something that might help or yeah. yes i've experienced the exact same thing in my business yeah here's what i did exactly and it flicks the switch and it's it's very very important yeah. Um, I, let's speak about Jackie for a bit. So Jackie sure. has been on the podcast. She is the owner of Beat by Beat, another vegan clothing company yeah. based out of Los Angeles. Yeah. And in the, I suppose, the regular business world, you would kind of be like, okay, it's Nike and Adidas. It's like <laughs> two companies pitted against each other fighting for the same yeah. um, people, you know, yeah. fighting for the same market. What's been your experience uh, with Jackie? Um, I love Jackie. She's one of my good friends. Uh, since the beginning, so we opened our businesses about a month away from each other the same year. And at the time, I actually didn't know her. Um, but we quickly became friends because we were always at the same events, popping up at the same events. And from day one, like, I never viewed her as competition. I looked at it as, like, her customers are my customers, too. And 
she probably has insight that could be really valuable to me and vice versa. So since the beginning, like Jackie and I have gone to lunch or dinner and chatted, shared experiences, shared advice. Um, we shared the same screen printers. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful because she probably can relate to me and my situation of selling shirts more than anyone. And she's been really a good friend. And we have a great time, like, traveling. We've come up here to Portland for some festivals. We've been to Arizona, Vegas, New York. So, you know, it's really fun because, like, after the festivals, a lot of the other vendors, we always go out together. And since it's such a, a popular occurrence in our lives, it's, like, nice to, like, have that community of people where we can, like, grab dinner after the event, talk about how our day went, talk about the festival, compare it to last year, you know, and ha see if everyone else had a similar experience to, like, what I had. And... It's really awesome, and um, yeah, I, I have only positive things to say about Jackie. It's cool. You, you, it's like you talk about the, the, the competition culture is now becoming the collaborative culture. Yeah. The hustle culture is now becoming the, I suppose, the balance culture, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you have to look after yourself if you're going to look after your employees or yeah. you have to look after yourself if you're going to look after your business mm -hmm. and finding that balance is important. I'm definitely not saying don't work, uh, don't get that confused, but um, the opposite is burnout yeah. and I've experienced it and mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it wasn't with my own work, it was with another job, but when you come home from work and you've got nothing to give, if it's, you know, to your partner or if, if it's to an endeavor that you're trying to make work outside of what you do at a full-time job, it's not going to happen because mm -hmm. when you get home, you're not going to be able to pull yourself up mm -hmm. to start that work. Yeah. You want to just, you know, zone out. Mm -hmm. So I love the, you know, the topics that you're bringing up and that you've experienced. I also, I feel like this is a rare opportunity for me to bring this up. So you spoke about, the the feeling of not being jealous of your friends mm -hmm. that are successful yeah i think this is probably the third or fourth time i've mentioned the book uh that i've read it's called lost connections mm. and there is a a part in that book where the author catches up with an old friend and it's a book about mental health depression anxiety and how we uh traditionally get treated for it okay. with pills and medication versus uh, more of a community um, purposeful way of finding solutions okay. without drugs. And he meets his friend that he, he described their relationship as basically a relationship where they would get together and kind of bitch about other people and laugh about their situations. And he described it as it's not the laughter that made you feel good. It was after you had that meeting with that person, the laughter actually, it, it didn't make you full. It, it didn't fulfill you. Anyway, he didn't catch this. He didn't see this person for, for three years or so. And he's writing this book and he wanted to catch up with her. So they met in Illinois somewhere, you know, got a, a hotel room above a restaurant, something like that. And the first thing she did was walked into the room laughing, giggling and fell back on the bed and was just like, oh, 
we haven't you know we haven't seen each other for ages this is amazing and he immediately noticed a difference in this woman and once they kind of dug a little deeper and had a chat with each other she said that i was a really jealous person and a lot of the reason i had this these conversations with you these these bitching conversations was because i was actually just really envious Mm -hmm. of these people and they were friends and family that she was envious of one was actually a very close family member and she went on a journey herself of and this is for the because you know this is for the person that might be feeling jealous yeah People experience this in, mm-hmm. in today's culture n- now more than ever before because of social media and seeing a lot of people portraying a, a successful life. Yeah. Some people might be honestly successful and portraying that life. Some others might only be showing snippets of, sure. of a life. But this is, this is to the contrary of what you've personally experienced. So um, she went through a process of basically making herself Every morning, it was a a consistent daily practice. She would wake up in the morning and she would think about someone that she loves being successful. And she would think about herself being truly happy about that person that she loves being successful. I think that was like a two, three, four minute process on that, that person. The next thing she would do was a person that you know, she had crossed paths with. She would think about that person being truly successful and her being truly happy. The next one was a person that she did not like, did not get along with. Again, she would think of that person and she would think of them having a really successful moment in their life or being successful and her forcing herself to be happy. For that person and then the last one was someone that she really did not like this family member for example and rather than yeah feeling the envy would picture her and she said it was difficult like I'm probably making it sound like it's quite an easy process she said it was very difficult for her to actually think about this person being successful and then the important part was her feeling happy for that person so I just wanted to mention that um because you know your experience is amazing that you're you know powerful enough to be like oh my god my friends are doing amazing things and i feel good about that but i just know that there's a lot of people out there that feel the opposite and this recently came up in the book that i just finished uh and i wanted to kind of take that opportunity so sorry for taking no that's okay i actually think that that's a really interesting point it's almost like if it's like forgiving someone yes it's like the forgiveness process because when you forgive someone it's not necessarily for them it's for you so like when you allow yourself not to like feel resentment or whatever it might be towards someone else and instead just like feel happy and wish them well and whatever they do I think that that's like you in turn can like live as a happier person Um, It's a letting go process almost. And then the authors, uh, the way he described the change in this woman is just profound. Yeah. So it really does show, um, you know, that person has become genuinely happier. Yeah. Based on doing this, uh, yeah, this process of of letting go and not being being resentful, envious and jealous. Right. So, yeah, 
Very, very cool. Last thing I'd love to chat about is just women in business and the importance of having female CEOs, female board members, female entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, Yeah, I think, again, what we were kind of chatting about off air, what is the importance that you see? What is the role uh, of these women that are taking these jobs on and and how important is it in today's society? Um, I think that even though it's 2020, we still live in a very male-dominant society, especially the workplace. So I think the more women-owned businesses and is a way to literally change that from the ground up. Um, and something that you like you you mentioned this when we were talking about it um, before we were online or on air was that um, having men even work for these women-owned companies, which I think is huge you know there's there's always been this like I don't know like notion that like men are above women somehow but like in reality like no one is above anyone including like the animals that are here on earth in my opinion like we're all equal We're, we're all living beings like we all deserve the same life and opportunity and whatnot so I think that um you know supporting women-owned businesses, uh, working for women-owned businesses, starting your own business if you are a woman. All of these things are huge and impact society in greater ways probably than I can even explain. Totally. It is, it's, I feel like we're really going through a culture shift at the moment. It's, yeah. it's it's not linear. It's definitely like a rocky shift when you yeah. think about the political state of the world. Um, you think about the, yeah. The bi- climate. The climate, business ownership changing from this male dominant culture. You know, there's people that genuinely don't want that to happen. Oh, I know. <laughs> Literally, I think that 99% of the time... Uh, a white male finds out I'm a business owner, the very next question is, really, how old are you? And it's because like, yeah, most of the times I look really young, I sound young, I don't wear much makeup. So I pass for being like, I don't know, in college or something. But I always say like, I hate that question. But I think I hate that question so much because really it's like, they're asking me because they don't believe this young female can be a business owner. And it's just like rude, (laughs) you know? And every time I like want to say that I haven't like, you know, built up enough, like to be like, excuse me, you know, and say something. But every time I'm like, yeah, I am, you know? And I think I do have a little bit of an attitude because I'm kind of like, excuse me <laughs> and that's where the, I, I honestly believe that's where the role of having a female CEO or a female board member uh, or a female business owner is so important for the men yeah working in an environment where you're either sharing the table at a board mm-hmm. meeting uh, you are maybe raising money with your founder mm-hmm. or you are just simply an employee at a company that is female owned for men growing up in today's society, or maybe even more important for the men that have already worked yeah. through a male dominant society to experience, 
experienced that, that's where the the real shift occurs. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know why, but subliminally, we must have this idea that men are the business owners, they are the dominant ones, and it's strange for women to take that <laughs> role in in the world, right? It is. It is really strange. Um, like when it really comes down to it, and this is probably a little bit off topic, but I recently watched a documentary about it and I have personally experienced it. So like, you know, I watched, they had an explained on Netflix and it talked about birth control. And I went on birth control as like a 14 year old girl to like clear my acne, right? And was on it for 10 years. And I wanted to go off of it because I was going through that time period where I had like gone vegan and wasn't taking any medicine. And I realized I was like, wait, but I take birth control. That, that's still like a pill going into my mouth. Like, I don't want to take that anymore. So I went through like this crazy experience that I think most women go through when they get off of birth control. And it's terrifying. And actually explained did a really good job of for the first time besides like YouTube or like finding my own blog to hear about it. They did a great job of basically showing that birth control was created by men, more or less for men. So that, you know, there's not just a bunch of babies running around everywhere. No responsibility. Yeah. And Male birth control has been around since, like, 1978, but the reason why it hasn't, like, gone out is because every time they, like, test it, males experience the same kinds of symptoms that females experience, like weight gain and acne and hormonal changes and mood swings. And so because the males are in control of everything and they don't want to experience that, every year they say male birth control, like, still isn't ready. There's also this thing that they invented... (laughs) I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're called condoms. And I don't they, know what that is. And they work. Okay. Like most of the time. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like oh, condoms. Condoms. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, yeah, of course. Like why right. Why are they not used yeah. Yeah. as this, the standard? Totally. And there's even other methods. that There's one that recently got approved by the FDA. And it's a thermometer. The special type of thermometer that women can take that you're only fertile about five or so days of the month. You take the thermometer every morning when you wake up, and when you're ovulating, your body temperature raises slightly, so this thermometer it was able to pick it up. So it can give, gives you like a red light or a green light, and you, you can then know, okay, like I should for sure use a condom today, prevent it. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe if you're with a partner, you can, you've got a green light, you're good to go. I don't know. Practice safe sex. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Not up, what I'm saying. Up, no, but up to the <laughs> but person. But you know what I mean. My exactly. point is, is like depending on your situation, you can use this and you can use it in the reverse too. If you're trying to get pregnant, you can use it to know when you're fertile. Exactly. And, you know, do the deed. <laughs> when, whenever is somewhat, whenever the, the topic of getting pregnant comes up, yeah. And this is Anna definitely rub, rubbing off on me, but I think of Joey and Chandler on, sorry, uh, Chandler and uh, Monica yeah. on Friends yeah. when they're trying to get pregnant. And Monica's like, now's the time. <laughs> We're going for it. And like, that's what I think of yeah. when, uh, when people are trying to get pregnant. But it's, it's totally true. There's other options out there. There's vegan condoms out there yeah, now. Yeah, there are. Um, um, and birth control has come up with different guests. I mean, I think I spoke with you about it way back in episode number three or whatever, Anna. 
Um, and then one that comes to mind is Andrea Brown, the Aussie. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was just something that's like been, I think, at the front of my mind lately. I recently watched that documentary. I have went off my birth control about four years ago, and I th- truly believe that I'm still feeling side effects from that. Um, there are many, many blogs online that people feel it for years after they stop birth control, but it totally makes sense. I tricked my body for 10 years that I was pregnant every single month, so. Exactly, and I think there, like, there is an equal and opposite reaction to yeah. everything. Yeah, Right, so 10 years of this consistent state that your body is in, there has to be some kind of equal or close to consequence. reaction, consequence. Yeah. Uh, that your body is is going to experience a, like not a very nice topic but toenail fungus is something i've gone through yeah and i had it for maybe five or six years yeah going vegan helped dramatically wow except this one lingering case on like a toe and i'm sorry i'm going no, into detail okay. here but um that is finally clearing up nearly four years after mm-hmm. and that's no drugs no medication but i just feel there is that equal and opposite reaction yeah. there's no quick fix uh and your body has to kind of go i don't through know that. if this is true or not but i heard that like your cells in your body they like change every seven years or something so it, you, like i heard that like after like being year seven of being vegan like you've officially fully detoxed of whatever you may have prior eaten prior i, I don't know the validity to that but might want to go check that I out heard. but i mean if that was to be the case, because I know our bodies are literally changing all the time. Yeah. Like we are never in a constant state at all. No. Like it's, it's, we are always changing. Uh, but maybe like a full cell reproduction, mm-hmm. maybe over seven years yeah, sounds. Something like that. I don't that. know. For those guys at home, check it out. Yeah, Google see if you it, can, look it yeah, up. <laughs> see if you can find anything on like PubMed or anything. Yeah, I, I always know. think doing your own research, especially with like Google at our fingertips, is just a great way to like learn about anything, YouTube, whatever it is. And if you can get access to journals. Totally. You can, on Google, there's like the... They do have like a, yeah. What is it? Scholarship? Google Scholar. Yeah, Google Scholar. You click Mm -hmm. on it and you can like actually look at true peer-reviewed scientific data. Yeah. And if you've got the time and you're interested, learning how to actually read those journals is super important as well because we now know that a lot of it is funded by yeah you can go to the end of it and see or the beginning and see Mm -hmm. who actually funded what study which is always important because of course if the pharmaceutical companies are funding it or the dairy companies are funding it they want an outcome that looks favorable to them whole different rabbit hole you know it really is the that is that is a another hour and 20 minute conversation (laughs) in itself it's it's mind-boggling I think I'm going to go downstairs and watch that explained. Oh, it's really good. I like that series. It's it's a nice kind of short mm-hmm. series of like lots of different topics. They even have one on cricket, which is crazy. I don't know why, but like that's an Aussie kind of sport or like a, a sport we play down under. Um, yeah. So I found that interesting that it was, yeah. it does need explaining, <laughs> mind you. It's a, it's a terribly complex yeah. uh, game and I, I wouldn't recommend watching that one. It would <laughs> probably bore the it. hell out of you. Yeah. I've watched them. I really like them. Yeah. It's like a fun show and they're only like 20 minutes. Educational. Yeah. You learn something. Yeah. Totally. I, I like it as well. Taryn, I got to say, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, I, I, 
really thank you for spending some time with us today and and coming up and putting your life on the table for us yeah, and course. and learning about you it was uh, it was a lot of fun and I hope we get to meet meet Penny in the future yeah. and um yeah welcome welcome to Oregon thank you and thank you so much for having me I know we've been trying to make this happen for a bit and I'm glad that we finally did and it was really um an honor to be on your podcast so thank you hey I appreciate that yeah. and lastly where can we find you online for the people that might not have come across you I'm sure you know there's going to be a lot of listeners that are wearing like Jurassic Park kind of prints that <laughs> yeah. say what is it just plants just plants yeah and then we've got eat your veggies mm-hmm. uh have you got another one I know the NASA one is very yeah. uh very popular Fruits, yeah. Oh, yeah. fruits. Yeah, hey guys, if you've made it to my outro so, this week, thank um, you for listening. Like, my name's in, Taryn, and I'd love to you can hear find from me you. at Vegetarian. Uh, it is super it's easy to get in contact with us. Head over to Veg Talk on Instagram. And my website is just vegetarian.com. And that's where I post right now today's show. If you would like to check out Taryn, I'd highly recommend doing so. You can find her at vegetarian.com. Beautiful. 2020, the year of which is at Apparel and V E G yeah. Look forward to following along and, and hopefully hanging out uh, again you'll soon. Love so once again, thank you and you um, end yeah, up look with forward a few to getting this in one the shopping cart. Awesome. That's thank all for today, you. folks. Thanks, Enjoy your week. Move your body. Eat more plants. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week for another episode. <laughs>